0: Good morning, this is Five at Eight. Today's Monday, January 15th, 2024. And here's Linda Carlisle and Mark Overman with today's top news. In this episode, we will talk about the sun's predicted peak activity in 2024, the challenges posed by global government debt, the increasing wealth inequality highlighted by Oxfam's report, China's criticism of the U.S. for congratulating Taiwan's new leader, and North Korea's recent missile test raising tensions in the region. Story number one. Scientists predict that the sun's activity will reach its peak between January and October 2024, marking the highest level of activity since 2003, as reported by the Washington Post. While this bustling sun may bring dazzling auroras and solar flares, it could also disrupt spacecraft, satellites, and communication systems. The solar maximum is expected to be below average intensity, but still exciting. Tracking the sun's activity involves counting sunspots which are connected to magnetic activity on the sun. The upcoming solar maximum may bring more geomagnetic storms similar to the intense Halloween storms of 2003. The complexity of active regions on the sun is more important than the number of sunspots in predicting these storms. The solar maximum is also expected to create opportunities for aurora sightings and unique experiences during the upcoming total solar eclipse in April 2024. Tell you what, Linda, this recent surge in solar activity is pretty fascinating. It's like the sun decided to throw a party, and we're all invited. But on the flip side, it seems like there's a bit of a downside to these cosmic fireworks. I mean, who can forget the Halloween storms of 2003? They caused quite a kerfuffle, didn't they?
1: Those Halloween storms were indeed a mixed bag. On one hand, they resulted in some breathtaking aurora displays that reached as far as California, Texas, Florida and even Australia. But on the other hand, they disrupted more than half of all spacecraft orbiting Earth, damaged a satellite beyond repair, and created communication issues for airlines and research groups in Antarctica.
0: Right, so, it's like a beautiful but potentially destructive light show. Given that we're expecting peak solar activity between January and October 2024, should we be bracing ourselves for more of these disruptions?
1: Well, Mark, that's a fair question. While it's true that increased solar activity can have noticeable effects on our planet and our technology, it's worth remembering that the sun's magnetic activity naturally ebbs and flows in 11-year periods, known as the solar cycle. Although scientists predict the upcoming peak activity will probably be below or about average intensity compared with the long-term average, it will still be
0: quite exciting. But, Linda... What about the potential risks? I mean, if we do have another Halloween storm kind of situation, could that significantly impact our satellites and communication systems? Yes,
1: Mark. That's a valid concern. Solar storms can indeed pose significant risks for satellites and communication systems. However, thanks to years of research and advancements in technology, we're better equipped to anticipate and manage these risks than we were two decades ago during the Halloween storms. Forecasting the sun's behavior can be challenging, but scientists are continually working to refine their models and predictions.
0: That's somewhat reassuring, Linda. So, while we marvel at the beautiful auroras, our scientists will be hard at work ensuring our technology doesn't take a hit. Now, there's a balance I can get behind. Story number two. World leaders are gathering at the Davos Summit to discuss urgent global issues, but the unprecedented level of government debt poses a major challenge to taking action. Public debt has skyrocketed during the pandemic, and with new borrowing expected to break records in several major economies, governments will have limited resources to respond to future crises. The growing debt burden also hampers efforts to address climate change and support aging populations. If governments are unable to finance their debt, they may be forced to implement spending cuts or tax hikes, leaving them ill-equipped to handle future shocks. The UK's experience with investor rejection of increased borrowing highlights the risks associated with mounting debt. Additionally, upcoming elections around the world raise concerns about politicians making promises that could further strain government budgets. The increasing cost of servicing debt is diverting funds away from public services and making it harder to tackle the climate crisis. According to CNN, the world's ability to address its debt problem remains uncertain, but some experts suggest that artificial intelligence and productivity improvements could offer a solution. Are we looking at an economic time bomb ticking louder with every passing second? The world's public debt now equals the planet's annual economic output, and that's a scary thought. It's like a credit card bill that's equal to your whole year's salary. We're already seeing the effects in the UK where plans to increase borrowing led to a sharp sell-off of the pound and government bonds. It's a clear signal from investors that unchecked borrowing isn't sustainable.
1: And it's not just about the economy. This unprecedented level of debt also affects our ability to respond to other critical global issues like climate change, for instance. With such a huge debt to service... How do governments allocate enough resources to combat climate change, which is also an urgent global issue?
0: That's a valid point, Linda. It's like being caught between a rock and a hard place. On one hand, we need to service the debt and keep the economy going. On the other, we need to invest in sustainable practices to secure our future. It's a delicate balancing act, and I believe it's going to take some serious political will and creative policymaking to navigate this.
1: Yes. And speaking of political will... It's interesting how debt is becoming a key issue in this year's U.S. elections. Political polarization over public borrowing is already impacting America's credit rating, and that in turn affects borrowing costs for businesses and households. It's a cycle, Mark, and a concerning one.
0: Right, Linda. But we need to remember there's always a silver lining. Just as Raghuram Rajan pointed out, artificial intelligence could be our saving grace. If we can leverage AI to boost productivity without job losses, that could help us out of this debt quagmire.
1: That's a hopeful note to end on, Mark. Harnessing technology for economic growth while balancing our responsibility towards the environment and social welfare. Now that's a challenge for the leaders in Davos.
0: Story number three. According to CNN, Oxfam's annual inequality report reveals that the net worth of the five wealthiest individuals on Earth has increased by 114% since 2020, reaching a total of $869 billion. This surge in wealth has occurred while nearly 5 billion people globally have become poorer due to inflation, war, and the climate crisis. CNN states that the report also highlights that it would take almost 230 years to eliminate poverty based on the current trajectory. The findings coincide with the start of the World Economic Forum meeting in Davos, Switzerland. However, the report does note some positive developments, such as workers' strikes and policies aimed at strengthening workers' rights. As reported by CNN, the report emphasizes the concentration of wealth among a few individuals, and calls on governments to intervene by breaking up monopolies, empowering workers, and taxing corporate profits to address inequality. Good Lord, Linda, this recent Oxfam report is mind-boggling. I mean, it's incredible to think that the top five wealthiest people on Earth have seen their net worth skyrocket by 114% since 2020. That's a staggering $869 billion. It's like we're living in a new gilded age, but on steroids. It's
1: quite distressing, especially when you consider that almost 5 billion people globally have become poorer during the same period. The disparity is staggering, and the prediction that we could see our first trillionaire in a decade underlines not just the concentration of wealth, but also the rapid pace at which this concentration is happening.
0: Yeah, it's almost like a tale of two worlds. On one hand, you have these billionaires whose wealth has expanded three times faster than the rate of inflation. I mean, take Elon Musk's wealth. Up 737% from March 2020 to $245.5 billion at the end of November. And that's after accounting for inflation. But then, on the other hand, you got nearly half the world's population struggling with inflation, war, climate crisis, and other challenges.
1: And the fact that the Oxfam report coincides with the World Economic Forum meeting in Davos, where many of these billionaires and world leaders gather, is quite ironic. It's a stark reminder of the growing divide. The report does highlight, though, that workers are starting to push back, which is a positive sign.
0: True, Linda. Workers flexing their muscle through strikes and deals to better their compensation and working conditions is a positive step. And it's good to see governments pushing policies aimed at strengthening workers' rights. But it's a steep hill to climb, ain't it? Especially when you consider that the top 1% holds 43% of the world's financial assets.
1: Yes, Mark. It's a David versus Goliath situation. And it's not just about individuals. There's also the role of corporations. Seven out of ten of the world's largest public companies have either a billionaire CEO or a billionaire as its principal shareholder. These corporations are making massive profits, which further fuels the wealth of the billionaires.
0: Yeah, and that's a sticky wicket. On one hand, you've got capitalism and the free market system, which I firmly believe in. It's what drives innovation and economic growth. But then, on the other hand, you see this massive wealth accumulation and the growing wealth gap, and you can't help but wonder if there needs to be some checks and balances in place.
1: I agree, Mark. It's a complex issue. Oxfam is calling on governments to step in, to break up monopolies, empower workers, tax these massive corporate profits, and invest in public goods and services. But it's easier said than done, considering the power these corporations wield. However, it's clear that something needs to change if we are to avoid a future where the wealth gap becomes insurmountable.
0: Story number four. China has criticized the U.S. for congratulating Taiwan's new leader, accusing it of sending the wrong signal to those advocating for Taiwan's independence. According to the BBC, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken sent a message of congratulations to Taiwanese President-elect William Lai after Saturday's election. Beijing considers Taiwan its territory and challenges any government that disputes this. Messages of congratulations came from around the world, but China sees statements of support for Taiwan as endorsing separatists. China's foreign ministry lodged a diplomatic complaint and warned against any official interaction between the U.S. and Taiwan. Why, it's interesting to see how the U.S. government is walking a fine line here, isn't it? They're clearly trying to maintain the delicate balance of supporting Taiwan's democratic values while at the same time adhering to the one-China policy with Beijing. It's a diplomatic tightrope if I've ever seen one.
1: The one-China policy has always been a bit of a paradox, hasn't it? On one hand, the U.S. acknowledges China's claim over Taiwan, but on the other, they're maintaining unofficial ties with the island. With this recent election, they're straddling that line even more precariously.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just about the U.S., is it? Countries around the world grapple with this issue. Everyone wants to have their cake and eat it, too, maintaining economic relations with China while also standing up for democratic values.
1: That's true. And it's not the first time we've seen this. Remember the situation with Tibet? And let's not forget Hong Kong just recently. It's a recurring theme in international relations, navigating these sensitive issues of sovereignty and self-determination.
0: Right you are, Linda. It's a complex puzzle. How do you respect international law, stand up for democratic values, and maintain necessary economic and political ties all at the same time? It's not a question with an easy answer, that's for sure.
1: No, it certainly isn't. And as we've seen with this issue, it's not just about the nations directly involved, it's about the entire international community and how we navigate these complex geopolitical terrains together. And as we've seen, the stakes can be incredibly
0: high. Couldn't have said it better myself, Linda. It's like a game of chess, with every move having potential global implications. We'll just have to wait and see how this particular game plays out. Story number five. North Korea has tested a new solid-fuel missile with a hypersonic warhead, raising tensions in the region. According to Al Jazeera, the launch was designed to test new multi-stage engines and a maneuverable warhead. North Korea dismissed concerns that the test would affect neighboring countries' security. The missile flew approximately 1,000 kilometers and reached an altitude of at least 50 km. The timing of the test, following escalating warlike rhetoric towards South Korea and the foreign minister's trip to Russia, is a concern. North Korea accused South Korea of escalating tensions with military drills and calls for more armaments. Analysts suggest that designating South Korea as an enemy state could justify the use of nuclear weapons in a future war. Despite economic difficulties, North Korea conducted a record-breaking series of weapons tests in 2023, including its first solid-fuel ballistic missile, as reported by Al Jazeera. Are we surprised here, Linda? North Korea has been on a military escalade for years now. This test of a solid fuel missile fitted with a hypersonic warhead is just the latest in their aggressive pursuits. And let's not forget that this is happening right after Kim Jong un declared South Korea as an enemy state. If that's not a red flag, I don't know what is. I
1: hear you, Mark, but I think we need to tread carefully here. Yes, North Korea's actions are concerning, definitely a threat to the peace in the Northeast Asia region. But, we've seen this kind of situation in the past, like during the Cold War. It's a power play a way to assert dominance and get attention on the international stage.
0: Sure, Linda, but it's hard to ignore the fact that they're making significant strides in their weapons development. We're talking nuclear, ballistic, and now hypersonic technologies. It's not just a show. They're actually building capability here.
1: True, Mark, but consider this. North Korea is also facing a difficult economic situation. These tests are costly affairs. Do they really have the resources to sustain this level of aggression?
0: Well, Linda, that's where their suspected cooperation with Russia comes into play. If they're indeed getting technological expertise and possibly even financial support from Russia, it changes the game entirely. It's a dangerous duo that could potentially destabilize the region and beyond.
1: I... I agree, Mark, that the potential Russia-North Korea alliance is worrisome. But we have to remember that these are just speculations right now. And even if they're true... It's yet to be seen how the international community will respond. Diplomacy? Sanctions? Negotiations? There are several tools at our disposal to manage such situations.
0: Yeah, but Linda, the million-dollar question here is, will any of those tools work on North Korea? They've shown time and again that they're not afraid to defy international norms and sanctions. I think it's high time we take their threats seriously and prepare for any possible outcomes.
1: Mark... I'm not saying we don't take them seriously. I'm saying we don't rush into conclusions or actions that could escalate the situation further. It's a delicate balance, and we need to tread carefully. But, you're right. We need to be prepared for every eventuality.
0: That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow.
1: Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.